You're listening to The Heart of It Podcast. My name is Sam Smeltzer, and I'm an HR intuitive and healer. In this podcast, we'll chat about what the industry of human resources can make possible for people and our organizations. In each episode, we'll have raw conversation around inner development and organizational culture change to create a working world where both people and organizations thrive. Thank you for listening. Now let's get this episode started. Well, hello there, and welcome to this episode of the Heart of It podcast. I'm so excited that we get to close out with our final book from the Chapter Chats Summer Podcast Book Club (laughs) um, called Untamed. Now, this year, and I've said this so many times, and I promise that you are like halfway through the season, even more so that you won't hear me say this, but uh, I wasn't able to be as proactive as possible, and as a result... For the programming, I don't think I gave people enough of an opportunity to be able to participate. But that still does not change my commitment to wanting to share um, what I had planned for you. And so for this final book, I had no one sign up for the book club, which made me really sad because this book is so good. And it's the newest book that I've been exposed to. So we've spent the last um, two sections of chapter chats going through books that um, I read years ago. This one literally is like fresh off the presses. It's one of the um, newest number one New York Times bestsellers. Uh, The first time that I've been introduced to this author and she came into my life via Miss Marie Forleo on Marie TV. So I talk about Marie a lot. She's been a great influence Uh, I'm a student in her B-school, great (laughs) online advisor slash mentor, and I'm very grateful for the uh, resources she puts out there for us. She interviewed Glennon Doyle, who is the author of Untamed, on her show Marie TV. And listening to Glennon, um, I was just instantly drawn to her. Um, and her book is beautiful. Like when you, if you've seen the book, if you look at the book and the show notes and the image of it or go on to Amazon, it just draws you in. It's just beautiful. This blend of colors. It has almost this poor paint acrylic look to it. Um, but for whatever reason, even when she just started talking, I think I was only like five minutes into the interview and I knew I needed to have this book. I needed to feel this book. This book is different than um, ones that I've read recently. Uh, I know that this style of writing is not new. Uh, it also came at the perfect time for me because I'm working on my newest book. Um, that is a series of 33 small essay kind of lessons. And Untamed is a collection of essays um, that Glennon has kind of put together. And they're beautiful. It's this art form and this free flow. So from a writer's perspective, I was really... Um, drawn to that and kind of initially going through the first few pages of this book just kind of enamored with the flow of her writing form um and was very inspirational i've also started following as usually as i do when i find an author that i like following her on social media um and listening to her speak 
um, which is always something that's fascinating to me. You know, you read a book and you hear, you hear that person, um, in your head and now you get to go meet the author and social media makes us able to connect with them in a way that we can see them, who they are. Um, and you know, that just adds to the depth and the beauty of this book. I mean, Glennon is just an incredible individual. She undoubtedly is speaking her truth and untamed and that shows on social media so beautifully. So we will have, um, five episodes that we will be unpacking this book. Um, and basically I thought what would be really nice is instead of the layout that I was doing forum wise with the actual book club, that I just kind of take the pages that, um, we're processing and share with you at least three passages or highlights that really resonated with me. And I think that works really well for this book because they are just a series of these small essays um, that are, have this beautiful theme of becoming untamed and unlocking your truth. But, um, they, there's just so much that happens in, in a batch of pages. So in a week you're taken on this really beautiful quest and journey. Um, and I want to, I want to share with you the highlights, the ones that really spoke to me, um, and know that these are the ones that spoke to me. And so others that have read this book, uh, there's, uh, there's just so much, there's so much richness and, um, that's in these pages that other people resonate with. So really my hope is at the end of this, that hopefully you've gotten the book and you're now immersing yourself in the Glennon Doyle untamed experience. All right. So, um, our first episode, uh, we, we are focusing on pages one through 40. So I cut it down. I know we're doing like 10 pages a day. This was part one of the book and it was just really easy for me to do that. On top of that, it was also kind of selfish because I wanted to share uh, three pieces from there, but not take away from the other chunk. Um, so here we go. So number one, one of my favorite passages in here is actually on page 13 of this book. And it's in regards to polar bears. Um, so Glennon tells this story about her daughter um, in kindergarten um, when she learns about polar bears. And she actually is called by the teacher um, because they're having some, I want to say behavioral issues, but it's not really that. And so when she goes to the school to meet with her daughter after they've completed this polar bear unit, Here's um, what she writes. This is from her daughter, Tish, who says she's um, seated alone. Her mouth is open wide. She's stunned into paralysis and her little shocked face asking, what did you just say the polar bears are dying because the earth is melting the same earth that we live on? Did you just drop this little tidbit of terror on us at circle time? So essentially the students were asked to then go to recess and her daughter does not move because she's basically paralyzed in terror thinking about this idea of global warming and what's happening to the polar bears. Um, uh, first off, I cracked up at, at just the quote, you know, the things that kids say. Um, but also I think that it's a beautiful reminder for me that I sometimes 
underestimate my children. Uh, and I have a kindergartner right now. And what they are comprehending and understanding and how they see the world. And sometimes they're able to remove things that I think we've become numb to. And we um, disassociate from. Um, because they're still seeing it through this level of innocence. And um, and this really reminded me of that. And I, I, I cherish the mo- those moments. I have similar moments with my kids. Um, where they kind of put me in my place. Um, and in this chapter, uh, Glennon even shares further that, you know, they kind of go down this whole pool where her daughter's obsessed with trying to save the polar bears. And they have this beautiful moment at bedtime where her daughter shares again that she's just distraught and can't go to sleep because she's worried about the polar bears. And Glennon is so frustrated, which is, you know, a natural reaction that we have when you're trying to say like, this is just how it is or something we can really do right now. And, um, Tish looks up at her mom and says, mommy, I just can't stop thinking it's the polar bears now, but nobody cares. So next it's going to be us. And Glennon is obviously incredibly moved by this and has, uh, her own kind of reckoning that occurs But, you know, Glennon has this beautiful moment with her daughter, uh, and she has a lot of them with Tish in here, that allow her to see the unwinding and the end of that thought process. For many of us, we hear the beginning seeds that children plant, and we find them funny and entertaining, but we don't really take the moment to fully understand what, what it means or what's happening in their mind. Um, and sometimes they really do have the most powerful lessons or knowledge and wisdom to share with us because it's not tainted. Um, and so who, who thought taking life advice from a five or six year old would be the way to go. But I, I think it is the way to go. Um, yeah. So that was number one is the polar bear story, which I find hysterical, but also it's a humbling reminder as a parent. Um, what's all in that? Number two is on page 22 in this book. Um, it's on a chapter called algorithms and it talks a lot about, uh, Glennon went through, um, a first marriage with a husband that was unfaithful and she shares some insights into moments while she's processing that marriage and if she wants to leave. And at the end of that chapter, she says basically, um, that is how I found myself in bed at 3 AM shoveling Ben and Jerry's into my mouth, typing into my Google search bar. What should I do if my husband is a cheater but also an amazing dad. And this really hit home for me, I think on a whole bunch of fronts. And I can, I can literally relate to being knocked down, uh, and hitting my lowest point and not knowing what I want to do. Um, and even at the point, and she talks about talking to friends and getting input from other people 
yet not being 100% content with what they're sharing or doesn't feel right and actually turning to Google in my deepest, darkest moments, thinking that it's going to provide me this magical answer, almost like it's the new uh, magic eight ball that we used to shake for the yes, no, uncertain. Um, and I remember like, you know, I Google things like, and this is why I think there's articles like this, you know, when is it time to leave my job? Does my boss not care about me? Uh, do I have a bad marriage? Is my marriage failing? Um, should I marry him? Uh, you know, all those wonderful self-help articles that come in, it's because we're all going to Google and typing these things in out of desperation. Um, and for me, reading this um, hit home because it reminds me that I will be quick to doing that because the true answers to these things, the true answers of how to move forward and, and to make our decisions intentionally are found inward a lot of us don't want to go there because number one is a lot of work. Um, and sometimes we don't like the answer that's given to us. You know, this, this reminds me that even when I, um, as I'm completing my medical Qigong training, my teacher will sometimes say, you know, as we do this work and you connect with yourself on a higher vibration, you will, um, realize that other people are out of vibration with you. And he will plain in this day say, you will have different friends at the end of this program. Some of you who are married may no longer be married. Um, you know, you may not talk to your parent. You know, he puts these these big things out there, which are very legitimately true. And if you enter into a program where your marriage or your relationships are not bad, but then as you continue to dive deeper and unlock and increase your awareness of of what's happening inside of you um and you hear this voice getting louder and when it tells you that that path is just not part of the future um that's a hard pill to swallow that's that's number one reason why i think most of us turn away and say nope that 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 intuition doesn't know what it's talking about um and really there's a a test of trust there of if we want to become unstagnant, addressing the things that are really, really difficult for us. Um, and you know, I'm saying marriage and relationships, you know, jobs are right there with us, you know, leaving a job that is doing more harm to us as an individual than good, um, is scary. And yes, you, you can't be dumb about it. Uh, I'm not saying quit your job tomorrow, but even the idea of looking and, and shifting your mindset of being open to it. Um, I've even been amazed at people who, when they shift their mindset and are open to other opportunities, that their current job starts to shift and actually moves to become what they need and want. Um, and so I think we underestimate when we're stagnant and we are not willing to make decisions or move in any kind of direction, that stagnation basically solidifies us that we're going to be stuck where we are and can get rooted and heavy and, and it can become even more, <laughs> more not fun, uh, and more unhappiness. My final takeaway is on chap or chapter page 35. Um, 
in a chapter called Arms. It's undoubtedly one of the most beautiful stories that's in this book is Glennon's journey to falling in love with her current wife, Abby. Um, and she puts these really beautiful love at first sight moments in here that many um, dream about experiencing and, and some of us never get to. Uh, and it's almost like a movie. It's almost that juicy richness. And she knows that and she tells it that way, which I think is her truth. Um, but I think there's something to be said about that because what she feels and how alive she is with Abby um, is something that she never felt before. And, um, and I'm not going to say that the journey to love was easy for her. There was trials and tribulations, which are part of this book as well. Um, however, uh, it was absolutely essential for her path. And so there's a, uh, in this chapter, she shares how she first meets Abby. Um, and she's at a, uh, a book event, essentially getting ready to promote her newest book, which is not this one. It's the one before. And it says, suddenly a woman is standing where nothingness used to be. She takes up the entire doorway, the entire room, the entire universe. She has short hair, platinum on top, shaved on the sides. She was wearing a long trench coat, a red scarf, a warm half smile, cool steel confidence. She stands still there for a moment, taking inventory of the room. I stare at her and take in inventory of my entire life. My whole being says, there she is. Then I lose control of my body. I stand up and open my arms wide. She looks over, crocks, cocks her head to the side, raises her eyebrows, smiles at me. So this beautiful moment where she gets lost and her body just responds, wanting to embrace and saying, I need more of that person. Um, and you know, this, this week, um, I've been challenged to look at synchronicities and connections in life. And one that really stands out, I've been reading actually a book on St. Clair. Um, so if you're Catholic, religious, Christian, uh, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Clair was very close friends with him. Um, but she's <clears throat> talking about these relationships with God and how to have them. Um, and I think this even comes from a relationship with ourselves, but we have to reach this state where we know that we cannot do it alone and we have to be able to depend on others. And there's this beautiful passage in there where she talks about extending the arms open and embracing and welcoming people in is almost a, a physical cue to other people that I am willing and open to be vulnerable and dependent on you. I am making space within me for space for you. And, um, it's a whole level of intimacy, this opening the arms and welcoming someone in. This just added some new depth to reading this passage. Um, but when I read this chapter, I really was just lost in the emotion and you can just feel it. And Glennon just is beautiful with her words. 
of capturing what she was feeling and how entranced she was and this magical um, moment that was occurring in life um, that you want to be able to be fully present for. Um, and I think that's my, my last kind of lesson here is the ability to be present. I mean, Glennon had gone through so much up to that point. Um, and she even talks about how her previous books are almost an evolution of her. It's like memoir after memoir capturing this evolution. But as we evolve, it allows us to be present and have these moments that are so rich and I can't help but think, like, if this was 10 years earlier, would she have been able to have the same beautiful moment where she was present and vulnerable and willing and open to feeling what was happening in that moment? And I don't think she would be able to just based off of what she shares in that book. And so, you know, divine timing. We want to force things into being. We want to rush them. Everything happens at the re at the time that it should for a specific reason. We're able to, um, we're able uh, to have those moments if we trust that time will present them when they're supposed to happen. If we're able to control time, if we're able to force things into being, they're never going to be as beautiful as if they occur naturally organically at their exact moment that they're supposed to happen at the same time we wouldn't be ready for what's happening at that moment 10 years before even if it happened and she could be alert to it she would not be in a place where she would be able to embrace and and pursue that relationship with the amount of love and trust and um the the foundational things that are absolutely necessary for her moving forward and, and building that relationship. Um, and I think we always forget that, you know, there's what we want and when we want to have it, but there are the things that have to come and, and the growth that has to occur for us to be ready to receive it and not only receive it, but be in a place to carry it and, and be able to be ready to, to show up and serve. And I know this was a difficult thing for me, uh, especially launching my business. I, you know, I always had that, if you build it, they will come from field of dreams in my head. And when they came and it was like one person, one organization, oh, a speaking engagement with five people, oh, a workshop with two people. It took me a long time to realize like, I don't know if I am at a growth stage where I could handle if there was a hundred, if there were 20 coaching clients at one time. And even now I say that I'm, I am completely satisfied with the, the three fluid coaching clients I have at a time. I am, um, a hundred percent satisfied with the speaking engagements for the 20, the 30, the 50, the 75. You know, I have come to the realization that I understand the difference when it is going to be in front of a thousand or 10,000 or gosh, a hundred thousand, you know, being in this state of 
quarantine, staying at home, doing more online. I am completely happy with the one person who's watching me live. I don't know if I'm at a point where I would be able to handle if that number was hitting 20, 50, 100. Um, I'm happy to see the dozen replays that happen on the YouTube channel. Um, but really being, um, knowing that that just because it's not happening right now does not mean you're a failure. It means that is the stage of growth. Those are the baby steps. You know, we're learning to walk. We're learning to talk. We're learning to trust ourselves before we really have the freedom to start running. So um, those were my three really big takeaways, the things that really hit home for me um, and resonated with my heart, moved me, um, and hopefully they inspired you and something resonated with you. Um, but I look forward to sharing with you next week more from Untamed. Uh, next week I'll be tackling pages 45 through 117. So if you're reading along with me, um, and as always, if you have takeaways, even though we weren't able to do the formal book club, share them on the comments in the show notes, uh, at leadershipisart.com forward slash podcast, share them in the comments. I would happily want to include them in next week's episode and also just chat with you on that page about this book. Cause like I said, this book is is game changing. It's beautiful. And anyone I can get, get it into their hands, I think is, is a gift. Well, with that, have a great week. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy days to listen and stay healthy, right? Stay healthy, stay safe. Thanks.